Hooray, you just won tickets to see Nacho Libre at the Cheap Theaters. Woo! Hey! back and now it's no we're going with that with me is (laughs) captain mcinterruptus robert steinman i'm just giving you what you always do to me biza hey that's fine you know we'll keep it we'll keep it who are you on the boards who are you at all what do you do i am rob steinman and i am pale robbie on the boards he's the guy with the icon uh what is it now oh it's resident evil which is great taste yeah, it's still Resident Evil. I'm, I'm thinking, like, now that we have an official release date on the Evil Within, I could actually change it to the Caution one, but... You probably should. I probably should. Uh, August, I'm I'm very excited. That that made my uh, Valentine's Day. Don't tell my wife I said that. Well, I mean, make sure she doesn't listen to this. I don't think she will, so I think we're okay. What are we doing here, Steven? Why, what are we why? doing here? We're here we're with interrupting my Sleepy Dogs we're, time. Here, we're interrupting Sleeping Dogs because you also have three tracks to listen to, and yes. I had to hunt you down and... Give you a special session with nobody else. Yeah, well, you I were have... like, "Oh God, I got a job or some some nonsense." I don't know. You I'm sorry. About it. I'm educating our youth of America. Oh, stop appealing to, my, to the fact that you know I respect teachers. Yes, exactly. Uh, no, no, I actually had a, I had a really hard time making selections. Actually, actually, it's kind of funny that you say that because the other people that I've we've done, recorded with, like Tooker, uh, Mike, then we had Don from Square Enix Music and Mac from RP Gamer. They all were like, it was really hard to pick three tracks. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Welcome to my nightmare. Well, you know, you, you kind of vetoed one of my tracks. I was all like, hey, I want to hear that Overworld music from Nino Cooney again. And you were like, nope. I, I noped it because we already listened to it in the episode you were on. Yeah, but that song is so good. So you it's... wanted an encore of it. Yes. Maybe we'll do an encore episode. This, no, this, is, this, is, like, this is like when hecklers are at uh, – or at some kind of concert, they're like, do Freebird! I already like, played Freebird! No! Do it do again! It again. <laughs> well, in that case, since I did veto one of your tracks, what did you go with? Okay, so what I went with, I started out thinking about some of the games that I really enjoyed playing this year, and one of the first ones that really came out to me was Rogue Legacy, and that was the main theme. It's what you hear as soon as you start the game up, after you hear the creaking door from the uh, Cellar Door Games uh, logo. And that main theme, to me, is just so awesome, and kind of has like a Mega Man, Castlevania vibe, so that was the first choice. Then I decided to go with a game that beat the living hell out of me this past summer, which was uh, Shin Megami Tensei 4, and of course the boss theme music just feels great and then you know it wouldn't be a music podcast with me if i didn't mention final fantasy 6 and the amazing boss (laughs) music in it and we went with train suplex from the arrangement album that was released for final fantasy 6 this year and that just i i think i had that on repeat when i was at the gym for like an hour and a half while you were getting swole yeah, well, I was getting swole, Biz. Oh, man. boy, we just lost half our audience. Yeah, we definitely They did. were like, did I you just... say swole or was that YOLO? Because I hate you now. Yeah, yeah well, that's okay. I just I hate absolutely... myself a little. <laughs> I absolutely adore that um, boss track, and its presence in this arrangement album is phenomenal. So I'll go into more depth on that. Yeah, it's a great title, too. So 
All right, we're going to go ahead and listen to the main theme from Rogue Legacy, the boss battle theme from SMT4, and Train Suplex from Balance and Ruin.
I, uh, I, t I completely agree with you. I think uh, the, the main theme to Rogue Legacy is just great. Like, when I first saw the trailer, I, uh, that, that's in there. And it's what made me want to play the game. I was like, oh, God, I like that song. It's like this weird combination of, like, lo-fi sound with, like, more, like, high-fidelity sound effects and stuff. I, I'm not yeah, doing yeah, justice to it, but it's just... it. It's the charm of that game because that game takes its it takes you like it takes its gameplay seriously, but it doesn't take itself seriously. Like it's a game about having fun and like silly stuff. Like your character has vertigo, therefore you stand on the ceiling. It's really a throwback to Ghouls and Ghosts or the original Castlevania games or Mega Man, and it has that same sound quality to it. So like the opening scene from the original Castlevania or, you know, the Mega Man 2, like going up the side of the building to finding Mega Man without his helmet on. Like those are all the memories that come back to me. And I just really feel strongly about those. Those are games that I can still play today. I had a kid who was uh, asking me this thing. She was doing like a, a, a profile picture on one of her teachers and she was asking me about video games and she's like, well, what are some, some of your favorite video games? And I was listening to them and I said, you know what? I got to include Mega Man 2 on there. And what was so weird was like the kids at the student center heard me say that and a couple of kids, we're talking 15-year-old kids were like, yeah, I've played Mega Man 2. That game's awesome. Like it's got a timeless quality to it. Like, yeah, and I think I think fun. Rogue Legacy Rogue Legacy taps right into that with its sound design, with its actual gameplay design. There's a reason why a lot of us old fogies really got into that game. Well, I think a lot of new people like it too because it just shows you that you know, you know, the design of it is just good. Like, you know, and it, the the audio was a big part of that. Like, the game has like such a cool combination of like you have like like guitars and stuff, but then you have like you know chip tunes too in there. So. It's like the game itself is like a fusion of new ideas and old ideas, and so is the audio, and I think that's really cool. And I say old ideas, not out-of-date ideas, but just, you know, ideas that have been around for a while. And, like, when you were, we were talking about, like, how you think of the intro to Castlevania and, like, the audio with it and, like, the pan down on Belmont, like, getting ready to go into the castle. I always think about walking into the castle in Rogue Legacy. Like, you hear that song, and you're always hearing that same track every time you go in. And I'm always like, yep, I'm marching in, and you're, you're like, holding your sword full straight out. Like, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's the same kind of thing. Like, think about Mega Man. You got that super pumping Mega Man music. Like, and Mega Man jumps, and he's got that super power stance when he jumps where he's, like, got his arms out. Like, he's jumping all in. And, yeah. like, you know, the same kind of thing. Like, the audio here really works well with, like, creating a memory of the game and i think that's why it's fun like it's it's just memorable and the music especially this song is just tied really well into that yeah it goes for the entire game too like you're going to be hearing a lot of these tracks over and over again as you die as you fail as you suck at this game and a really good sign of a soundtrack is you never get tired of it and i just every time i walked into that castle and you hear like the first it almost it's like a gear startup when the castle music yeah, yeah, I like, love that. That's and such like a that cool just, song. And you just start shaking your head like, all right, this is going to be a good run. Like, yeah, like you just every go in time there. it gets you, you're like, oh, I got it this time. Yeah, it, it's a really good feeling. That's such an awesome game, and really hope we see a, a sequel at some point. I would just love to see more out of those guys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Going into the next track, which was uh, Shin Megami Tensei IV, the boss music. And, of course, Steven and I, while we're listening to it, we immediately started talking about the Minotaur. <laughs> How he just shows up and wrecks your life. He shows up and he's like, all right, game. so this game is called Shin Megami Tensei, and you've been having it easy so far, so let me help you. The, this song, much like that boss, just punches you in the face. Like, Derek and I first heard it in the trailer, and, like, we both were, like, texting, like, oh, my God, did you the boss theme? Listening to, like, that 15-minute audio clip of it when you're fighting the Seraph, and it's just so cool. 
And like it, it has like a really unique sound. Like I would have no idea what to call that. Like burn, burn, burn thing in the background. Like I, I don't know what it is, but it, it sounds like somebody's hitting a metal industrial object. Yeah, industrial really. I really agree with that, and that plays into, like, the going around Tokyo, you know, post-apocalyptic Tokyo or whatever. That plays directly into it, and it, it really is this getting-you-pumped-up soundtrack, but it has lulls, which can kind of play into the battle, like, okay, this is the section where i got to heal myself or plan out a strategy. And the music is almost iconic because of that position that you're in when you first fight the Minotaur and then later when you fight Medusa and we get to exchange the tales about getting our asses kicked by these bosses oh yeah like it, it's so appropriate and you're right it has it has an interesting like ebb and flow like I listen to that song when I'm exercising all the time because it's really great for like pushing yourself and then like slowing down and it, the same thing applied when you're fighting bosses in that game like I, I still haven't finished it and like I want to I you know I'm not not thrilled by the game as much as maybe three but it uh it just has such a great set of music like it's it's kind of the, I think Kyle said it once like the difference between like Digital Devil Saga music and Shin Megami Tensei music is that Digital Devil Saga music has all this it's like melody driven stuff that's like very like you know you would associate it with like a JRPG whereas yeah. the Shin Megami stuff tends to be a little more atmospheric and this is like it's a it's a it's it feels atmospheric because it has that industrial sound, but it also it just it gives the battles such like the the boss battles in that series are are known for just kicking your ass, and this song does that like musically, so super yeah. super cool. This the song kicks your ass. Speaking uh, of which, speaking of which, uh, have you ever wanted to suplex a train, Stephen? I have wanted to, <laughs> and I have done so. I I got to apologize to our to our listeners. I always bring up Final Fantasy VI. I think everybody needs to understand that that was like I think Fantasy Star two and four were my indoctrination were like my first exposure to RPGs. This hurts. And then and then Final Fantasy VI was my indoctrination into RPGs. Like that was the one that I sat down and I finished it. You know, before Final Fantasy VII came out, and I was so into it. And that boss battle music is like a part of me. It it really is. It is a part of my soul. Same with Final Fantasy VII's boss music. Um, it, it's boss music that I could hear one note from it. You know, remember that show, uh, Name That Tune? I could probably do that with these two songs. And this remix version of it starts out so cool. It has this introduction that really feels like the Final Fantasy VI regular battle music. Then it kind of gets into this synthy part that you're like, this sounds familiar, but I'm not sure what's going on. And then the main theme starts up, and you know exactly what it is. If you grew up with this game, if you were playing a Super Nintendo, and you remember this, and then the part that really plays into it, and it goes into the title of the song, and I was saying this to Steven while listening to it, it, by having that creepy line in it where it kind of like, you know, gets it gets a little almost haunting, it plays into the fact that this is, you'll probably remember this part from when you're in the ghost woods and when you're fighting the doom train and you actually get to suplex it. So it's like it's playing in with the title of the song, with the stuff that's happening in the song and feeling into a specific moment of the game even though this boss music plays all the time you remember this one specific instance where you watched a martial arts master pull off a wrestling move on a train <laughs> it's I, my, my, awesome it, what's funny about that too is like Sabin's sprite is just ridiculous looking like he's like four <laughs> times the size of everybody else because he's like his like he's his chest <laughs> like he's literally like that like the, the internet joke like oh bros don't let bros skip leg day Saban skipped leg day in his sprite. Like <laughs> Saban is very top heavy. He's like 
he's like what you would get if you turned Tifa into a dude. And it's just hilarious. <laughs> and so when you get – but he's still tinier than the train. So you have this like tiny little mega deformed sprite smashing that. And I think a lot of people sometimes when they talk about like the nostalgia they have in 6 and like they tie it into the music and stuff, like part of it is like you can't have that in the way Final Fantasies have been presented kind of since then. Like, you know, you have some silly animations and stuff, but like think of how 13 looks. You couldn't have one of those sprites throwing a train. <laughs> like it would look – or not one of those sprites, one of those character models throwing a train because there's such visual fidelity to it. Like – and like the proportions are so real that like – you know, I do kind of appreciate, you know, sometimes people go, oh, I miss the super deformed days of Final Fantasy, like Final Fantasy IX and stuff, because you really can't have that anymore. Like, you know, it just, it looks more absurd than the game can handle. Yeah, I, I remember a lot of, you know, internet videos making fun of, you know, lightning fighting this giant robot that has, you know, scissors for hands or whatever, and it's just like, it by having that visual fidelity, you almost need to make it make more realistic sense and i'm not saying that the game should but when your brain when you have to use your imagination a little bit more for what's going on you can accept a lot more yeah like the like not to not to repeat but the idea of a little tiny dude body slamming a train like any of his suplexes are implausible right that one's especially implausible right but it, it plays into like the you know, having so much more visual fidelity means that the the imagination doesn't have to work more. And then it means that things can look patently ridiculous, whereas you could kind of accept this guy who skipped leg day could actually suplex a train. But there, there's almost a, a quaint quality to it, and I'm not sure how much of it is also the fact that we're just reminiscing and nostalgia-covered glasses. But, you know, with, with high visuals and production values, it does take away some of the mystery. And sometimes you want to see just something silly happen, you know? And I, I think we miss that sometimes. Yeah, and not, not to say it's gone totally, but, like, that's definitely, like, the, the, the title of the track is perfect. I, I don't want to belabor the point, but it's... The song itself captures that, like, the, the battle theme is just awesome. And, like, the synth and stuff, and, like, the way the main... Like, it, it, the main melody kicks in, like, the, the, the memorable part of the boss theme... But it starts with the same kind of beat as the regular battle music. It's yep. it's just great. Yeah, no, it really is. And I, I again, I'm sorry to the listeners. You, you got to deal with me and my my video game love of music. And you know, I think that's actually one of the reasons why I, I love JRPGs. You know, we we talked. I was listening on one of our shows uh, of Random Encounter, the RPG fan podcast, and. Uh, Steven and I got yeah that was a shameless plug I know Steven and I got into it a little bit on the Skyrim soundtrack and I, I started to realize listening to that again like one of the reasons I really like JRPGs and why they stand out in my mind is for memorable soundtracks and you know I think that is one aspect of the JRPG that is really really fantastic and you know it's kind of got me looking at my Vita going is it time for me to start playing Persona 4 Golden yes. to experience all it's that always I know. time for that I know I know I just can't I I damn near started up another game of Tactics Ogre. And there's so much new music in it, too. <laughs> oh, I know. And it just, it's really cool. And that, and a really good soundtrack really brings you into a game experience and it really sets your memory. That's, and that's the biggest thing. We talk about that a lot on the show, too. Like, yeah. not that Western RPGs don't have good soundtracks, and some of them, in fact, quite do, as our episode would show. But, you know, I, I, I we, again, we mentioned this, but I think it's just the way the music is approached is different. Like, if you look at. It's interesting, though, or rather the music is approached differently, but I think now with all these, like, smaller independent developers and, more importantly, independent musicians proliferating, you know, like, you have music like the Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy is very Mm melody-driven, 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I would not, like, it's it's not like the kind of music you expect to hear in the more atmospheric, big open world RPGs and that sort of thing. So it, it's, we're getting to a point where it's kind of cool because you're getting that, like, these this generation of musicians that were, you know, fed and dieted on, you know, a steady stream of JRPGs growing up, and now they're making music for Western independent games, and you're getting sort of this, like, fusion of the styles. It's It's super cool. Yep, yep, totally, totally. But anyways... So, yeah, that, that's basically all I have to contribute to the subject is a very, very old song, an old-sounding song, and then kick you in the face with a minotaur. So, Robert Steinman, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I do. So next year, uh, which uh, Dark Souls haunting chant melody-driven are we going to want to listen to? I don't know. Well, once the game comes out, we can find out, because the music in the trailer is super cool. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about that. So. Oh, I'm sure we'll, oh, I'm sure we'll be talking about more than just music, but we, we, that's the purview of Random Encounter. We get yelled at for talking about it on there too much, so we can't talk about it here right now. Oh, I'm sorry. But anyways, Rob, thanks for coming on. Um, no problem, And dude. to the listeners, keep listening, because we've still got more. Have fun.
All right, and now we're back. Tonight, the grand finale. Well, sort of. The grand finale featuring Derek Heemsbergen. Hi, I'm Derek Heemsbergen. I'm Embryon on the Boards. Michael Salvato. I'm still here. You are still here. What have you been... Have you, how long have you been here for? I, I lost track. Have you ordered everything separately? I Have you showered? I knew I was forgetting something. Right, I figured. I don't actually need to know if he showered. He always showers. Yeah, I think he does. Mike's a clean guy. And who else do we have? We've got somebody new. So he's a... He's not new to my life, but he's fresh to RPG fan, relatively speaking. He's our MMORPG specialist, Brian Tomlinson. Hello, Brian Tomlinson, MP on the boards. I don't know what I'm doing here. I know why he's here. He's here to talk about picks, and he's going to start us up today, too. Brian, you get three tracks. What are they? Fighting from Final Fantasy VII. Game Chops is triple triad release. Uh, newcomer named Micah. We got Steel Sings, Blades Dance, Seekers of Adeline. Final Fantasy XI, and I got Double Cross from Shadowrun Returns. Ooh, Shadowrun Returns. Excellent. We don't have any of that yet. All right, cool. Let's go ahead and take a listen before we talk about it. We got Fighting from Triple Triad, Steel Sings, Blades Dance from FF11, Seekers of Adeline, and Double Cross from Shadowrun Returns.
the Triple Triad's a pretty cool album. I heard it earlier in the year, and I don't like all of the tracks on it, because some of them are not liberal with the remix, but I think some of them kind of lose the original song in all of like the effects and stuff. But this is actually one of the tracks I like a lot, because it has this sort of quasi-chiptune sound that fuses, like, you get, like, the Genesis clap in there that I just remember hearing in, like, every Sonic game, and you get uh, some NES sound effects that I can't identify, because I really didn't play many NES games. But, uh, and it gets the bridge of the... Final Fantasy VII battle theme, very, very right. So I liked it. I enjoy it a lot, specifically because of the cadence of the song. Like, I honestly feel like I should be jogging every single time I hear this song. It is that, that constant drum in the background. Just It keeps a perfect beat throughout. The fact that it even starts a limit break just makes me want to burst into a run right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I mean, I mean... Oh, the limit break sound effect. That's what, I, It's been so long. I know that sound in my brain, but my... It wasn't like, oh, that's the limit break sound. I got you, I got you. It was a really classy way of starting the song off, too. I mean, that's a, I mean, I instantly distinguishable as Final Fantasy VII right off the bat, and I just absolutely enjoy that song, especially the bridge, like you were talking about. I mean, it gets it perfect. Like, that, and I, that's my favorite part of the song, flat out. I, uh, I judge all Final Fantasy VII battle theme remixes by how well they get that bridge because it's the best part of the song. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I, I make, I say that as if it's a fact, but that's only because I really, really know that it is. So it's <laughs> a jerk. <laughs> Sounds about right, then. No, but like every time I hear a remix of that song, let's be honest, you're all waiting for that part, so you can be like, "Yes, oh, yeah, absolutely." Well, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I agree with you too. Like, I um, I'm not in love with the entire album. Like, it has a couple tracks that I really do dig a lot, but this was definitely like the highlight of that album for me. I mean, I'm also I, I love Final Fantasy VII, and just hearing the song done Welcome a little bit of justice club. and yeah. <laughs> done in a little bit of a different way i uh i really appreciated it everything about it really honestly i also agree that the album as a whole wasn't amazing i I don't want to be hard on it or anything but there was a lot of really really like kind of over over saturation of effects like how many different electronic things can we pile on top of one another and then you lose a lot of the melody in that lack of restraint so I think this is one of the better ones. And it is it is kind of dirty, though. Like, it's dirty and kind of lo-fi almost at points. But it's very, uh, like, it's it's got, the beat is very, uh, damn, I can't think of what I want to say today. The beat it's, is is, pre- is preserved even amongst the, uh, all the playing. Yeah, around. yeah, thank you, Steven. You just, you can talk for me for the rest of the night. That's fine. My that's name what is Derek, I wanted to and say. my pal Steven is the best guy. That is something I would say, so that's fine. Exactly. I mean, it, I, I feel like it, it keeps the same tone of the original, but I also, it's something about it doesn't actually seem like fight. Yes, it's called fighting, and it is the fight theme and everything like that, but I feel like it's like, not so much transcends that, but I feel like it's almost like mini game in quality, and it's like, it has like a fun aspect to it. Like, I really, that's one of the things about it I enjoy the most, is that it's not overly serious. Like, so many remixes of this song actually are, like, it's over the top dramatic, and this one keeps it simple, and, and doing so actually does it right. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can dig that. I also really like how it sort of I wrote and sparsens in my in my notes. Like oh. it, like tracks get stripped out as it ends, and then it ends very very simple. I, I like that it sort of breaks down to that. Oh system. yeah, deconstruction. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, Mike, do you like Final Fantasy Seven? Oh, was that from Seven? <laughs> oh, I gotta listen again. No, I don't like Seven. You don't mean that in your heart. Oh, get, no, I don't mean out. that. I, sh- I shouldn't joke about that because people will kill me. Um, no, I, I like. Seven I mean, that, I mean, I might. I've seen men killed for less. Yeah, yeah. Um, next, next you're going to tell me you didn't care that Aerith died. Wait, she hey, died? Hey, 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 too soon. First of all, <sighs> we don't talk about that. Second uh, of all, we don't talk about it's been that. 15 years. Yeah, we don't talk about, we don't talk about Aerith Club in Aerith Club. 
Second track was really cool, too. Uh, Steel Sings, Blades Dance. I think uh, we talked about this before. Derek and I both like that album, I think. For me, it was half of a really great album and half of kind of a He Fell Asleep album. Not because it was bad, but it's like, at this point, the dude's been doing music for Final Fantasy XI for like 10 years. And he's done a lot of it. And almost all of it is awesome. So to me, it's natural that it's like, all right, it's more music in this style some of it's just tired, whereas this is one of the tracks, I think, that shows really well the evolution of Mizuta's style from the beginning of that series to now. I never played Secrets of Adeline. Like, I just don't know. And what actually drew uh, like drew me to the song originally was just the name of the song. <laughs> I actually thought, I mean, well, when you see something called Steel Sings Blades Dance, like, that's just, that's a badass name. There's, like, no other way around it. And that's actually what made me listen to it originally, and I'm really glad I did. Everything, I mean, everything about the track, I mean, thoroughly enjoyed it all the way through. I just don't have any context for it, but I think that's half the fun in that song is that I don't need any context to actually enjoy it all the way through. Well, here's the here's the newsflash. I've never made it past level 15 in Final Fantasy XI, so whenever I've said I enjoy eleven music, I have no context either. Well, as I've probably said a billion times, I did play way too much Final Fantasy XI, so I do have the context. I reviewed this album last year, actually, and I enjoyed it. I, I felt the same about uh, about it that Steven did, whereas, whereas I thought it was half really good and then half kind of flat. Mizuta has used the same instrument set, basically, throughout the entirety of Final Fantasy XI. And so it was kind of like, all right, well, here he goes again with reworking those same sounds into new melodies. But at the same time, there is a definite evolution from where he used to be. And I think that this track in particular was one of the best on the album. And it's a lot more dynamic than a lot of the previous battle tracks from uh, Final Fantasy XI because every expansion has had basically a a new battle track for when you're out in the field fighting anything in that expansion's area. So in Adeline, you're pioneering this jungle area and that turns into a bunch of other stuff too. But this is the, the, the battle theme that you hear whenever you're out fighting any kind of monsters in Adeline. And I really like the heavy percussion and the, the tambourine, or as I like to call it, the jangle frisbee in that song. <laughs> the jangle frisbee. That Found thing? in your local music store alongside the hunker. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Yes, absolutely. Pending. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good track. It's definitely one of the better ones on the album. That's actually the first I've heard, I'm pretty sure, from that expansion. I've listened to a lot from the original game. Oh, you got to listen to uh, 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 what is it? There's a there's one one other song on the album that I liked better than this one, and it was the oh, what is it? It's one it's the one where that takes place when you're in the raves, which are like these. Well, it's reeves, I guess R E I V E S, and there are these things where you're literally fighting sentient vines and stuff to try and get further into this uh, primal jungle, and it's called. Breaking Ground, that song's amazing. Oh, yeah, right. that sorry, was cool. Sorry to cut you off. That was my favorite one on there. Breaking Ground, listen to that, readers. Listeners, go listen to it. Breaking Ground. And Mike. Yeah. And Mike. And yeah, Mike. we'll do that. I, I guess. Th- I think we played Breaking Ground in the podcast. We did. Because I remember editing my own voice saying Breaking Ground like 500 times. <laughs> so I, I, whenever you say Breaking Ground, I hear myself going Breaking Ground because I said <laughs> it really badly toned. And then I tried That's to record it. Breaking Bad. I was going to say, coming this season, AMC Presents. <laughs> Breaking Ground. The sequel to Breaking Bad, starring... I can't say that because that might spoil who's alive. Uh, anyway, Breaking Bad's awesome. Go watch it. So is that song. Last track. Brian, thank you for picking Shadowrun Returns because we've never had it on here and it's awesome. It's a soundtrack Hi. that I'll review someday. Well, wait, no. You're going to review it someday. Good. But it's seriously... The game sort of like got rushed under the rug. Like, you know, it had a few problems, like, you know, here and there. But overall, it's pretty fun from what I've played. You've beaten it, if I recall. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it, it, it was definitely... 
pretty under the radar. <laughs> like It never really got a lot of recognition, but people who liked it loved it. People who didn't usually found gripes with the mechanics, not so much the actual game itself. Like, obviously, you know, it was played with, like, save features, and people didn't like some of the pacing and whatnot, but the game actually took off in a big way with the modding community when it actually hit PC, and I thought that was, like, one of the biggest things about it. It added a ton of replay value, and soundtrack overall fantastic in my opinion a lot of it taking inspiration and actually the song that we listened to is a remake or a remix of a song called seattle blues from the original snes release and uh same guys you have marshall parker and um sam powell both worked on the game originally in 1994 and now um they're back in action again and i hope i can't wait to see more stuff from them yeah well i'm curious if they're gonna do anything else have they not done anything since the other shadow run or do they like do other stuff because i can't imagine they just didn't do anything for 20 years and then we're like here we are i i do think it's cool that they i think it speaks to a lot because a lot of people apparently i'm the only one who thinks the super nintendo game is is better than the genesis one but that's especially weird since i had a genesis growing up and i totally did not emulate shadow run on super nintendo and but, but if you did you deleted it within 24 hours right it, did, it took me a lot longer than 24 hours to beat that game but it uh <laughs> You know, I always liked the music in that game. It had a cool vibe, and that's why I think I like the Shadowrun Return soundtrack. Um, in particular, this song, like, it, it has, like, this... It's what I imagine the people who did the soundtrack to The Witcher would do if they were doing a cyberpunk game, which <laughs> they are. So, it, it really... It gets that sort of, like, desolate, dirty streets feel, like, really right, that I just always associate with cyberpunk stuff, like Vangelis' sco- score to Blade Runner. Like... Cyberpunk has, you can really easily just fall into the trap of just doing really synthetic sounding stuff. And this does sound synthetic, but it sort of also sounds like it's creating an atmosphere while still having a melody, which is what I think the strength of Shadow Run Return soundtrack is, is that... One of the biggest things about every song on that soundtrack is that it, I would say, eh, I can't say every song, but most of the songs actually have a buildup into their actual purpose. Like, they all lead into what they're supposed to do. Like, that song has not a slow start, but it has a, you know, a couple, like a portion of the song is dedicated to try and like bring you into like the rest of what that that moment is about it's the same you're bringing up other cyberpunk games and whatnot and our other soundtracks like that is one of the biggest reasons why i like septera core was the world and everything about it Shadowrun returns i feel like borrows a lot of that not hey, in a bad way derek like, likes septera core you guys can be friends Wait, we weren't that, until this very moment yeah and i mean i feel like like i said i feel like it borrows a lot of the you know the positives of that you know, i mean septera core is another one of those games you, you love it or you hate it like and, or you've never heard of it, one of the three. I, I heard it's of it because you used to talk about it in seventh grade a lot, and I never knew what it was. Oh, man. Now, it was, uh, now I do, though, because we, play, we played music from it on our podcast. Thank you, Derek. You're welcome. <laughs> my closing comment for that song is uh, there was mad reverb, and I enjoyed that. And it reminded me a bit of just like the stuff that we heard in Deus Ex Human Revolution, um, although that might be a little bit too generic of a comparison because a lot of, as you said, a lot of cyberpunk stuff sounds kind of similar. It's like, you know, generic computer hacker theme. Or Exa- something. Exactly. It sounds like it sounds like the soundtrack to the movie Hackers. Hack the planet. Hack the planet! God, I love that movie. But yeah, these, like, it's actually a good example because I think Deus Ex has the same strength of this where it has all of that sort of like the trappings of sci-fi, but they have strong melodies too, and that's why Shadow and Return soundtrack is good to listen to. I agree. One wholeheartedly. Stay tuned for my review of the soundtrack. No. Most no, definitely. don't. No, we will actually. Alright, so moving forward, we have our second batch of tracks for the night, and those were selected by good old Steven, Mr. Meyerink. What yeah. have you chosen? I uh, I tried to change it up a little bit. I, I picked tracks that are from different albums that I'm going to have on our write-up for Music of the Year. Uh, except for one of them, because I just couldn't leave it off. 
So the first track we're going to play is Sinister Sunburn from Project Destati, the EP that was released. It's five tracks from last year, and uh, they're currently working on, like, a full album now. It's amazing. The whole album, like, it's just... They could... I feel comfortable in saying they're the best Kingdom Hearts mixes I've heard. What it is is it's an orchestration of Kingdom Hearts music. But rather than just do one-to-one tracks, each track is like five or six songs from the game orchestrated into this just really awesome arrangement that just... It gets so much of what's good and right about the songs right. And what I really like about this album that is not especially related to the music itself is that all three of the composers involved with it are super huge Kingdom Hearts fans. We've geeked out about Kingdom Hearts stuff on Twitter several times. And uh, I've met Sebastian Wolf at MAGFest, and he's just super nice. And it's, I, I want to have, which I'm trying to get them on the show at some point to talk about Kingdom Hearts music because it's just, it's the difference between somebody remixing a song that someone said, hey, remix this, which nothing wrong with that because you get great music out of that, versus these people all love Kingdom Hearts and know the music intimately. So they know how to fit it well together, both musically and narratively. Uh, so that's why I picked that, and that was way too long of an introduction, but that's okay. And then uh, my second and third track... Definitely appropriate, though. Yeah, well, it's Kingdom Hearts. What'd you expect from me? Exactly. So my second tracks are actually from an album that we are going to have a review of someday when I get around to writing it, but it's from Mind Zero, the Persona knockoff. So I've heard the game is not so great. I've heard the game is great from some people. I don't know. Regardless of what the game is, the music is actually really cool. Um, and it's got this like crazy variety of we're ripping off Persona 4, we're ripping off Persona 3, we've got our own style. So it definitely has sort of a Persona vibe, but I have one of the vocal themes called Stop Me, the short version, and I cannot find the full version. It's probably somewhere in the game, but it cuts off really abruptly and it drives me nuts because it's a great song. And then another track, it's a brief one called Relative Key. I have no idea where it plays in the game, having not played it, but it's awesome. And I think you'll see why I picked it when we listen to it. It's very got like a real strong persona 4 vibe while still having its own taste and then uh the last track i picked is vanishing blade from fantasy star online 2 not to say too much now but fantasy star online 2 is has a sort of dynamic music system and this is from the actual soundtrack mix of it which goes through each movement of the song so oh man and that ties into what we talked about on our previous episodes about fantasy star which you should listen to if you haven't already because fantasy star has a, a trend of doing really dynamic music so i look forward to hearing that Mmm, bringing it back. I like that. So yeah, let's go ahead and take a listen to Sinister Stunburn, Stop Me, Relative Key, and Vanishing Blade.
Sinister Sunburn, at least the original track by itself, is an excellent, excellent track that I think is really evocative of the area that it plays in, which is Twilight Town in Kingdom Hearts 2 and and beyond, because it's called Sinister Sunburn. So I see I, I, I get the image of the, the, the sunset in Twilight Town. Yeah. Um, the uh, the original track is called Sinister Sundown. This one's a little different because they arranged uh, a few tracks, and that's why they call it something different, just to draw you. attention to that. I see you what they did friends. there. But yeah, okay. the got that xylophone, and I do really enjoy the way that it moves through several different pieces throughout the, its duration. And man, there was like a piano part. That I don't remember at what point in the track, but it came in, and I was like, oh. Uh, I'm guessing you mean the part at 3:55 where the majesty becomes resplendent. <laughs> the piano near the end of that track, I really love it when it starts getting real heavy on the bass notes and just it's just it has a lot of little transitions and bridges and each one of them has a lot of really cool parts. Like there's the one where there's the, like the little quick hits on the piano where it's just kind of like one note being sort of daintily hit and then you have like the part where they're sort of smashing the bass keys and it's just it's mm. yeah. I honestly have nothing negative to say about that track. It's one of those tracks I just enjoy all the way through. I have nothing like, negative to say it. about that whole album, but yeah, I agree. Now, now was that one? Was that just one song? Because I know some of the songs are based on multiple tracks. That one, that one's two tracks, but it's more like it's Sinister Sundown with some themes worked in. But it, that one's one of the tracks that doesn't incorporate quite as many. But oh. the uh, the whole uh, the whole LP is like a dollar, and it's 19 minutes of music and 19 minutes of fantastic music. So seriously, if you like Kingdom Hearts music at all, I mean, you got to hit this. Yeah, there's more coming out as well. Um, Project Estadi is putting out. The first of their it, it's a series of Kingdom Hearts arrangements and arrangement albums, and the first one is coming out within the next like month or two. Is that right? I don't know if they said within a month or two, but that would be really nice. I should ask and be like, it's hey. coming. And it's coming relatively soon. Like they've tweeted a few times that it's on the horizon at the very least, which was actually a reference to Kingdom Hearts too, which I love. Ha ha ha! Once again, I see what they did there. Really clever. So the second track was Stop Me, which I'm interested to hear what you guys think of it, because Mind Zero sort of has this weird reputation of everyone's like, oh, it's a Persona clone. It's probably a crappy one. I can't remember who made it, but I think the developer who made it is known for making is known for making sort of budgety dungeon crawlers. Uh, and the actual in-game footage does look a little eh. Acquire, by the way. Acquire. Ah, yeah. So they made, uh, didn't they make Arkrise Fantasia? No, that that was Image Epic. Ah, uh, right, right, right. Acquire did, um, didn't they most recently do, like, the Wizardry, whatever it was? Oh, the yeah. The played? Yeah, uh, not Labyrinth of Lost Souls. Re- Re- Resurrection? Or, or Labyrinth no, they of did, Lost They did Labyrinth of Lost Souls. The fact that, I, I mean, Gung Ho and Axis are putting their names next to it couldn't have been, gives me a little bit of hope for this game. I mean, I had never heard anything about it up until the time we had started mm, talking about it. Uh, my I, only... I, Go ahead, Derek. I think you're going to say what I'm about to say. Yeah, I was. Well, I was going to say that, but I feel like um, Axis takes more risks, and that's not bad at all. But I feel like they are a little bit more willing to back stuff that may be of questionable pedigree. Because um, the, there's a market for. Wow, this sounds like I'm about to say people like crappy stuff. There's a market for people who like, you know, six, seven out of ten games just for being good experiences, but not, oh my god, this is the best game I've ever played. Right, it's you why know. NIS continues to pump out so many games. Yeah, because none of them are bad. It's not like it's not like you can say that's a bad game, and not to say NIS is that all their games are sixes and sevens either. But yeah, some of them are really good, but some of them are so-so. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing is that uh, I get the feeling that Mind Zero is something that they expect to do okay, because uh, what I've seen doesn't look terrible. But you know, not to get too far off the topic of the music. I mean, if the music is any indication, it's 
Yeah, the, the music's any indication. It, I mean, at, at the very least, it has that going for it. I love that track. Like, going back to what I was talking about, Shadow Run, and we were talking about, you know, cyberpunk and, you know, and having a similar feel, and sometimes they use it, and I feel like that track kind of pulled some of the same stunts that the other soundtracks do in a good way, though. Like, I was engrossed most of the way through um, enjoying it. Like, I think that'd be a great opening to a video. I don't know if that is the opening track or not, but, I mean, if it is, that's a... I mean, that's a great way to break the ice for, like, starting the game up. It yeah, sounds like it. it uh, and, you know, I really like, uh, first of all, I like the lyrics. I listen to that at the gym a lot. So, like, at one point I actually accidentally started singing it, like, while running, and I think somebody noticed, and they were like, what? what? But it's like, <laughs> t- it's like talking about please don't kill me, and, you know, I can't hear your voice and stuff. But it's, you know, it's silly lyrics. But it's, I really like the, um, it sort of has, like, those spooky voices and this, like, buildup of weird static and distortion. And then you get, like, those weird those weird kind of juicy, crazy dubby sections in the middle. Uh, you pointed out that a little bit of it is even auto-tuned, but what's cool is that I'm, I'm not morally opposed to auto-tune. I know some people are, but in this case, they only use it to distort certain parts, and that actually creates like a, a different effect that I like, that I feel like is probably something they're trying to elicit from the game itself, like plot-wise, like this sort of like, you know, I don't know anything about the plot, but Mind Zero, it's, you know, Persona, you know, what's in the mind, sort of like the subjectivity and all that, so I like that kind of aspect of the sound. I also hate the abrupt ending. The soundtrack does not have a full version of that song. This is titled Stop Me Short Version, but there's no long version, so... Not yet. Yeah. Yeah, so not yet. It hurts, because I does, always get there. Good? It kind of sounds like a like that would be an appropriate ending place for it to be the intro, but I don't know. Yeah, so. yeah I think you're right. And then the second track we played from Mind Zero was uh, Relative Key, which, again, know nothing about it in the game. But I picked it just because it's sort of, it gives me this, like, Shin Megami Tensei 3 kind of vibe, like, one of the world map songs. It has that sort of kind of, like, syncopated thing going on in the, in the drums, and, you know, you occasionally get some wailing guitar. And uh, I like that, that vocal part. It's like, ha, ha. It was a little bit horror-y for yeah, me. Yeah, it has, like, you know, it, exactly, horror-y. That's why it sort of reminds me of Persona and Shin Megami Tensei together. Like, it has sort of the upbeat tempo of a Persona game. But then it has that sort of dark horror aspect that I associate with the Shin Megami Tensei main series. So it gives like this cruising the town or dungeon theme. I don't know. Well, I mean, the fact that you're bringing up Shin Megami Tensei like like that, and that's I I wasn't a huge fan of it because of that fact. I mean, it just it like a song I've already heard. I mean, not being able to place like a when and where kind of thing, but everything about it. Well, it wasn't a bad track put together. It was definitely quality, but it wasn't like I said anything I've heard previously like it didn't like it didn't wow me i can dig that too samey same yeah well, the word like no it is i, I kind of i like i like the song but i agree like i kind of that's kind of why i wanted to pick because i wanted to sort of give an indication of what this game sounds like because it's really eclectic on the album but it i i suspect that if the game is halfway decent it would work really well in the game because a lot oh, of the tracks are really intense and so i mean I, I i i wanted i wanted to like it a lot i mean from being from the first track, I was like, "Wow, that was I was I love that first track you played." And um, this one though didn't didn't hit me quite as hard. But I'm actually curious to see how it's placed in like the context of the game and whatnot because it could actually I can't really judge anything on like the actual musical aspect of it because like I said, it was quality. But since if I can add a little bit of context to it, I might actually end up like a lot more depending on the situation. I think a lot of situations with a lot of game music, like especially with visual novel music, in my opinion. We kind of talked about this when we talked about VLR a little bit, and when we talked about uh, Heartstring Bugs a couple of episodes back, where Neil loved the music, and like we liked it, but out of the context of the game, it was sort of like, 
you can't really get anywhere with it. Like, it needs to be in its context yeah. at its full effect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the last track doesn't... I don't think it needs to be in its context at its full effect. It's from Fantasy Star Online 2. It's one of the boss themes. I actually fought this boss in the Japanese version, and it, I think it was actually the, one of the last Holy things I did. Holy hell. Um, it, it has, like, this dramatic buildup, and the fight is really fast-paced and intense, and it has that sort of PSO atmospheric thematic thing that I really love. And you get around uh, around four minutes, you get uh, a little bit of a, a callback to one of the melodies earlier in the soundtrack. And just, it, it's so intense. And I love that it has that sort of dynamism where you get the different movements of the song, where it kind of gets more and more heated and intense. So it, even outside the game, I think it really captures sort of the ferocity of the battle. And it's, I mean, I just love the song in general, so. I think it even started is, heated. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it comes right out of the gate. It is I mean, I love it. It's just, it's so, like, it hits you as soon as it starts. And, I mean, that's not a bad thing at all. Like, perfect fight song. I mean, I actually ended up, because the song was so good, I ended up watching a video of the fight, being that I haven't played the game myself, unfortunately. Um, and it's just, it's an awesome-looking fight, and it's an awesome song that goes along with it. I mean, everything about it, like, keys up perfectly, and I just, I loved it right off the bat. For shizzle. My nizzle. I really want that game to come here. <sighs> Someday. It's like salt in the wound. I mean, it's... It's several years behind at this point, and they've already prepped a lot of extra material. Like, there's a. I, did the did the first full expansion come out in Japan, or is it just like a big update? I think, I think episode two came out. Oh God, why? Why are we still waiting? I've already, I've already, you know, found solace in the fact that it's never going to happen. Like, I just stopped worrying about it. I want it to. There, I want it so bad. I just don't think it ever will. There has been some activity regarding like the development of an MMO, say a big MMO that's in progress in Japan, and they need developers in the U.S. So, I am. I would say I'm close to 100 percent certain we'll get it. I just don't know when. My thoughts are that I'm guessing Sega is waiting until there's like a ton of content so they can package it as a sixty dollar release rather than. Free. rather than make it free to play or they'll package it as a $60 release include a lot of stuff you would normally get if you pay for it because odds are good that it won't share servers because I don't think Sega does that anymore you know so I, I'm sure we'll get it it's just a matter of when because and in a way it, I, it I would about a year and a half behind now I mean it came out what, like July yeah but when it, when, it, when it came out there really wasn't much content in it like it really was kind of limited so i mean the same can be said with any big mmo really no 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 no, i can't really say that anymore not like (laughs) this no not like this there was very little content when it launched but it was free and they were they said you know we're going to be doing content updates so it's uh, my guess is that they want to have enough content to release it as a product here that they that you know they can charge for which i'd be fine with but yeah that is me for the year and they were all good, even though you cheated and picked four, because one of them was short. I did. But I told you I cheated, and I said you could, too, if you wanted to. Yeah. Well, it was too late. I had already picked. All right. My block and the final block for this segment of the episode, the final segment for this segment, segmentception. I picked three songs, <laughs> and they're all really dramatic for some reason. I didn't really intend it to be that way, but that's how it turned out. So the first track I selected is The Savior or Savior of Souls, depending on your translation, from Lightning Returns Final Fantasy XIII. This is one of the new battle themes from the game, and when I played the game, I was kind of disappointed that I didn't hear it very much. It only plays during certain battles, I think, and I don't remember it playing any during any particular boss battles. It was just like a standard battle track, but I really, really like it. By far my favorite track from the game, and a really, really catchy theme in general. For sure. Uh, Yes, following that, I picked uh, Kuroi Uta from Drakengard 3. It's just the a Japanese translation is Black Song, 
rather the English translation of that Japanese title is Black Song. It is the it's it's like a there's actually kind of two theme songs for Dragon Guard Three or Dragon Guard Three, however you want to pronounce it. Dragon Dragoon. Dragon Dragoon. Which is kind of a badass name, actually. I actually but, really like that. Yeah, I've always uh, loved that name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's one of the two themes. It's again very dramatic, sung in Japanese with a little bit of English thrown in. But I think you guys will enjoy it nonetheless. And finally, I picked the decisive collision. This is the as far as I know, the true, quote-unquote, true final boss theme for The Legend of Heroes, Sen no Kisaki, or as I refuse to call it, like, basically, uh, like, other sites have been calling it Trails in the Flash. Um, Kisaki strictly means miracle in Japanese, so it would be, like, Miracle of Flash if we wanted to translate it that way. Yeah. But anyway, um, the latest uh, Legend of Heroes game that still hasn't come over... Uh, I mean, we're still waiting on second chapter of Trails in the Sky, so this is, like... Sen no Kiseki would be like six in the series. So we're pretty far behind on this one. But it has an awesome soundtrack and you can enjoy it. So uh, coming up, the savior from Lightning Returns, Kuro Uta from Dragon Guard 3, and the decisive collision from the Legend of Heroes, Sen no Kiseki.
it's going to be really hard for me to not immediately start talking about the decisive collision. But uh, going in order, the Savior slash Savior of Souls has a really good string melody. Oh my god, the just the main melody of the song is amazing, and I get stuck in my head all the time. And I really like that it has the motif from Lightning's theme, seeing as Lightning has been in three games now. I did um, like that. It's neat to have that callback to her and. As the savior, I think it's it ties in very well to her character and her role in that game. Um, aside, you know everything about the game itself. Aside, I reviewed it. If you want to know my thoughts, plug plug. But uh, yeah, super good song. Easily Please my favorite. On, to it. Favorite on the soundtrack. Yeah, super good, super good. So I, I don't think I'm that positive on. It. I, I like it. I think in parts for me the string is actually a little too sparse for me, and it's kind of repetitive. But on the other hand, I do really, really like the bass in the song, and I really like the callbacks to Lightning's theme. Um, I liked it. I, I can't remember if I heard it in the demo or in the very, very lengthy live stream I watched. But uh, there was a trailer featuring it for a while, like like the main trailer for a while before they kind of went on media blackout. Oh yeah, like with the the there was the trailer with Crimson Blitz and with this one, right? Yep. And uh, yeah, like I, there are other battle themes that I like more, just because I think, like I said, that one can get a little repetitive. But I do like that one, especially because, like you said, having uh, like Lightning is a contentious character, but musically she has history now. So it, to take advantage of that, I think is really cool, um, especially since her theme is awesome. So I did like having that in there. Yeah, and Lightning's theme is actually blinded by light. It's the same melody. So if you have heard the battle theme to Final Fantasy thirteen, the original, that's that's her theme, that melody. So it's neat to have that. It's to have that embedded. So it's kind of interesting. It's almost like uh, the fact that they're reusing Blinded by Light, in a sense, is a really uh, cool way to bring it full circle from the first game. Blinded by Seption. Blinded yeah. by blinding, blindingness. Is the Blinded by Light that's... I mean, I only heard it a few times because I'm only like two hours in, but the one in Lightning Returns, is it exactly out of 13 or is it like a remix? No, it's, it's a bit different. There's just there's a little right. bit of different instrumentation, but it... it it's pretty much structurally like the same melody, and that one's called Crimson Blitz. Okay, I'm very cool happy to. Too. Yes, yes, both. I mean, both those songs. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I'm I've I'm a really big fan of both 13 soundtracks. I, I've intentionally not listened to this one a lot. I mean, I could, but I'm choosing not to until I play more of the game. But this is one of the ones I like that really stands out for me. I'm glad Stephen touched on kind of what I was feeling, but maybe not to the same extent. I, it's not that I hated the track, I would never go so far as to say that, I just, it's something about the track didn't click, it didn't gel, I, I wanted to like it, it was catchy, I gave it that, I don't know if it was the bass, I did like the string arrangements, but I don't, I can't put put it into words, but something about the track didn't do it for me, not that I'm trying, I'm not trying to hate on it. No man, this is, you know, you're allowed Mm. to have a different opinion, you know that, right? (laughs) Well, it is Brian, so... I'm getting okay. mixed signals here. It's okay. Right. Like I, said, I don't want to discredit it as a, as a track at all. Like, I, I mean... Well, you can be critical of something and not discredit it. It's not like you're saying, oh, this guy's a lazy hack and I hate it. It's just I, you didn't care for it. Yeah, I, I think that's all it came down to. Like, if I were to make a playlist, I don't think I would put that track on it. But I don't think if I heard it on the radio, I wouldn't turn it off. You know what I mean? Like, I, don't know, I don't know what it is. Like, I, if I heard it on the radio, I'd be like... Ah! I, Lightning returns. Yeah, I, I'd be like, "Why is this on the radio?" Yeah, <laughs> that that's one. But of you see what I'm saying, though. Yeah. No. Something about it. <laughs> I understand. That's, that's okay. Well, as well, usual, De- Derek and I are alone in our love for lightning, which is true. fine. But I think you and I, 
Hey, I, I, I maybe like we, maybe all, we don't have any taste. I like all three of the soundtracks to the the Lightning games. I mean, it's it's not that I don't love the music from them or even like the games. It's just you know. Well, I don't think that the whole like liking Lightning anything making me uh, like lowering my standards or something. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm getting really tired. Uh, that's BS, basically, because I I think that I uh, I'm really level headed with my. Like I'm, I'm able to recognize that there are plenty of flaws in the 13 trilogy and still like them. You know, it's it's See like Derek's we've, review. We've, we've, yeah, exactly. We've said that many times about mini games and a lot it's of like things love... in particular. Like it's it's <laughs> completely possible to criticize things and still enjoy them. Like I feel like I'm Anita Sarkeesian right now. She's like it's it's, it's remember that it's possible to enjoy a piece of media while being critical of its more pernicious aspects. Or Wait, whatever. are you telling me you listened to Anita Sarkeesian and didn't just hate on her on on YouTube because she said something that frightened you? No, she has valid points. She may be extreme, but she has valid points. But we don't really need to talk about that. I agree with you. Right now. No, we don't uh, need to talk about it, but... So, second song, Black Song, Kuroi Uta. Whoa. Okay, so this is a, a track that I have a lot of feelings about. Um, it's long, and Brian actually pointed out something interesting about it that he is going to tell us in a moment. But I think it has incredible progression. Um, it starts very, very slowly, very somber, very melancholy. There's a, a slow buildup where it's sparse instrumentation and vocals. And then... I mean, it takes like a good three minutes, but once it hits that three minute point, that fast bass line kicks in and it's amazing. I don't know what it is, but listening to that with headphones like really hits me hard. Uh, I don't know if you guys felt the same, but um, and there's like the string harmony almost like with the descending notes um, underneath when she's singing the main part of the melody, the like the kudo and it's like and. I will say up until about three minutes, I was not a fan at all. I'm glad I stuck it out, though, because like after I think it was like exactly 257, I was like, oh, my goodness. It actually like it echoed. And I'm, I'm a big uh, I'm a big anime fan. I don't know if anybody's here has watched actually uh, Record of Lotus War. Yoko Kano, she does a lot of phenomenal music. It actually like it reminded me just like that. And I got super into the song. And because of that relation, I actually ended up, I wanted to look it up a little bit and see what uh, what the deal with the song was and like who was actually singing it. I didn't realize that a, another female vocalist had actually performed that same song, uh, Emmy Evans, and she's been phenomenal. She's done a ton of work. She did the soundtrack for Nier. She's been in, uh, she's obviously done uh, Drakengard 3. And I don't want to be like oh, a hipster God. about it, but uh, believe we, me, bro- we, we know and love her. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Emmy Evans is kind of like the Beyonce of game music. Um, I don't. I don't know. Really I mean, went there, huh? I, I don't know. She's famous. I don't. I don't actually know relative relative fame, but I know uh, Beyonce is famous. And Emmy, em, after Near, Emmy Evans kind of became a very common name. Like the the success of Near, sort of many people, even who people who didn't play Near, like Emmy Evans. Yeah, she's saying well, Near. I I had never actually heard her before, and so when I did a little bit of research and actually started investigating about her, I uh, I found most of her music to be phenomenal, and I didn't realize there was actually an international version of that same song using her as the lead vocalist for it. So both, I mean, both songs have a lot of merit. Obviously the one that Derek played, I, I really enjoyed a lot. Like it, uh, it just adds a whole nother dynamic to it is all I was trying to say. Oh yeah. Well, the thing is, I think your experience is very common. A lot. I didn't know. I didn't really know Amy Evans until near, like I, I didn't know. I honestly didn't know the name at all before near. So I think that's how it was for a lot of people. And I don't know if it was pointed out, but the uh, the one that we listened to is actually not Emmy Evans. 
it's the vocals in that one are another artist and it's i think it's a pseudonym but she goes by a or aoi like e-i-r and then aoi yeah. is the japanese word for blue um but there is an emmy evans version it's it'll be on the u.s release of the game yeah the international version so something to look forward to i'm sure if you enjoy this one then you will enjoy the emmy evans version well i'm, I'm like i said uh the, the emmy evans version is good like i really did enjoy it, and that's why i was like wow i can't believe that's her and that's when i did a whole research i actually think i do prefer the version that we actually just listened to more than that one i enjoyed both like in different ways but i definitely enjoyed like th- at the three minute mark it had my full attention and it was awesome yeah i like i like the build up i, I thought the piano was rad i um I'm a big fan of that entire soundtrack. I like The Silence is Mine better just because it stirs the cockles of my heart to wonderful, wonderful extremes. But the piano buildup in Kuroi Uta is just dynamite, I think. I actually, like, I like it after three minutes. The buildup sort of has a really soothing tone that I like. Yeah, I, I, I like buildup in songs like that. I've decided, well, in the last, like, 30 seconds when I thought of this uh, comparison, but I, I like my music like I like my Joss Whedon shows, where there's a slow buildup. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> can you cancel music too soon, too soon. No. well well it's funny because yes of course i was going to bring up a, a canceled show but uh dollhouse dollhouse was like that where if you did not watch this is really off topic but it the show did not get going until the fifth episode and a lot of people quit before then once you get there uh it, it was actually pretty cool i think but you had to get through that slow part first yeah that, absolutely and i, yeah. I think for that song, like when you, I, I don't know how it plays in the game, but I think that will be important. I'm sure in the game, there's it's going to have some sort of cutscene tied to it that's going to have a slow build up, and well, then I guess that part. I think it's the main theme, isn't it? Yeah, so it probably has like an intro cutscene that goes with it. I mean, it's just pure black, just playing that song, and then boom, Dragon Guard three. And finally, the decisive collision, which is an apt uh, song to end the segment on. I think that is the final battle theme from Sen no Kiseki. It's also got some pretty significant buildup. I think it does the Falcom thing very... Like, it, it's a very Falcom song, um, which to me is great. To some people, it may feel a little samey, I guess. But it's got that really, really deep bass. And I guess I would categorize the melody as like the quote-unquote emotional piano melody. It, I think it calls back to a, a previous track from the game. Um, I'm not sure because I haven't listened to the entire soundtrack all the way through. But it very much feels like that like it feels like a, a a climactic melody, and that there are probably some recurring motifs or like callbacks to events that happen throughout the game. <clears throat> I may be inferring a little bit much there, but that's what happens in Falcom games. So, especially like in uh, like Trails of the Sky, first chapter, um, you get those callbacks, and in that game's final battle theme. And I've heard a bit of second chapters as well, so I know that that's a thing they do. So I get that that's feeling awesome. from this track, and I'm sure it would have even more emotional impact had I play the game which maybe i will in like eight years like which 19 is, years when xc releases it on no, it's, like no iPhone. I'm, t- I'm telling you it's going to be like in eight years when i either finish my like masters or phd in japanese and can play the game fine because that's totally what i'll be doing in eight years right i'll be going back and playing old ps3 games derp maybe um or xc will bring i don't it over see here, why so. not yeah yeah i'm gonna do what i do uh, it's got that 80s vibe that I always associate with Falcom, although I will admit I like this quite a bit more than the average Falcom song I hear. Like you said, it's just crazy dramatic, and I really like the melody. I don't know the melody, but I got the impression that it is sort of calling back to things, just because it's such a strong one that I sort of feel like it's like the Bravely Default soundtrack, like where you, when you get later in there, there's tons of little callbacks to several songs. Um, I get the feeling this is very similar. I mean, I can't say that for certain, but 
like yeah. that song. I mean, everything about it just sounded established, like it was rooted in something. I totally. I mean, being that I've never, I mean, I've never played it, obviously, and I probably won't, obviously, for like you said, for another eight years or so. But like, like you said, I could feel that there was some history behind it throughout the entire way through. Isn't that interesting, though, that that none of us have played it or know necessarily the context, but the song conveys that feeling anyway. It has. Well, I think it's got that sort of finale sense to it. That, you know, you sort of, it's like when you have, like, the final scene in the Avengers is calling back to the Avengers theme, but also to Tony Stark's theme for obvious reasons. So, it you know, yeah. at that point, you're sort of expecting connections to earlier music. At least I am. Uh, so, yeah, but I mean, that song aside from just, like, like an, some stuff's about to go down. Yeah, I mean, even aside from the, just the, the purported callbacks that were completely hypothetical on here, like, around four minutes, the piano comes in again. It's just awesome. Well, it's like synthy stuff. It's rad. I like it a lot. Well, we are getting close to wrapping up this segment of the show. Okay. There's still more. But yeah, you should definitely, in case it hasn't been said already, you should uh, check us out on iTunes. That's cool, right? And then uh, we'll be moving on to the final part. The, I keep saying reader's choice, but it's I guess it's listener's choice who also read and write to us. So, so uh, basically think of the Music of the Year episode as the final boss of an RPG, and we're only on its third form. So there's two more to go. This isn't even my real form. I did that wrong. Aww. You're dead. But it's okay. You're right. It is okay. So, uh, yeah, that'll do it. Everybody, keep on listening.
was wild.